Somebody's acting like you can't have a praise break in your own house this morning. But see, if you ought to have a praise break anywhere, it ought to be in your own home. Amen. You ought to be shouting to the rooftop right now. As a matter of fact, take a few moments at home and give God praise today. Amen. See, some of y'all shame to shout at church because you think people looking at you on your road. But see, you're in your own space right now. You need to thank God right there in your own space that you can give him praise. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and bless the Lord in this place on today. Bow that head with me and center that heart on the Lord. Father, again, I thank you afresh and anew for challenging us to minister in a more effective way, even in troubled times. This is not the first time, dear God, that someone has sought or something has sought to put the church on lockdown. There was an upper room experience when the disciples were gathered there and fear had gone throughout the land. But Jesus told his disciples, I need you to go into all of the world even though your life may be threatened, even though you may not be received, even though there's persecution in the land, you go and I'll be with you. So Father, we're going and we're going by virtual airwave right now into places all over the world. Thank you to God in Phoenix, people are tuned in right now. Thank you in South Carolina and Florida. Thank you to God even in Michigan and all across these United States that we took a break from the bad news to hear the good news. Thank you, Lord, that we are gathered in this space on today and that we're sharing hope, faith, love, and joy. Father, I'm praying for those business owners who are concerned, they're small business owners, and the paperwork is mounting and the bills are coming, but God, you're still there. I'm praying for those children right now, God, who see mom and dad go out every day and when they come home, they wonder what shape mom and dad is really in. Thank you, dear God, that there are people who are rising up all over the land and they're feeding families and they're doing kind acts and deeds. Now bless your word. Let it go forth clearly with clarity on the day. Let it go forth in such a way, God, that it will be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, all of those who love the Lord said, Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 30, 1 Samuel chapter 30, that's where I'll be talking from today. That's where the Lord has given us hope and utterance on today. 1 Samuel chapter 30, beginning there at verse number 6, beginning at verse number 6, here's what the Bible says. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I want to talk this morning from this thought for just a few moments is what I haven't lost that matters. It's what I haven't lost that matters. Encourage somebody in your home, tell somebody by text, even text it back to us. I never lost my hope, amen? I never lost my hope. We are moving forward in life with an interrupted plan. 
all over the land, the current disruption of life brought on by the pandemic that is surrounding us, the upheaval that is going throughout the land is impacting more than just what we see in the physical health of the inhabitants of the land. Disruption is the disturbance or sudden occurrence of a problem which interrupts our normal activities and the processes that we have become accustomed to in our life. Everything has been thrown off from concerts to conferences, from social space to spiritual space, from recreational space to the workspace, from the bank and the boardroom, the mall, and even the way we receive medical treatment. They have all been disrupted. March 2020 will clearly be remembered in retrospect as the maddest March we have ever, ever known. Restaurants have new restrictions. Theaters are closed. Gyms are exercising virtually. Baseball has been delayed. The NCAA basketball tournament has been canceled altogether. The Dow and the Jones are falling, and yet they are searching for a way to get up again. The rich and the poor have been introduced to one another in common measures, making us all search for meaning in life in our collective vulnerability and the common need for one another. For many years, we have sang the song in church, I need you to survive. But now more than ever, we literally really and literally want to see everyone survive. But we realize that our survival is connected one to another. Now, as with many things in life, we as a people begin to take inventory at our lowest point when we're going through. We start looking through the rubbish, if you will, looking through the aftermath of a storm as my brothers in Nashville did a few weeks ago and my brothers and sisters in Jonesboro have begun to do today. They have to look through the rubbish because a storm has come through. Inventory after a storm can be a real difficult thing. You see, whenever you start searching for stuff after the storm, your heart begins to hurt because some of the stuff you're looking for you can't find and then some of the things that were near and dear to you have been taken away permanently. It can be a disheartening process. But beloved, I came today with a better measure for taking inventory at a critical moment in your life. You see, sometimes it's not what you lost that you need to be counting. It's what you still have that you need to thank God for. You see, when you lose something, you may never get it back. Just tell somebody I may never get it back, but I believe the children of God who want to make it through this time in life have a better inventory sheet, and when you take inventory of what God has left you with in the midst of your crisis, you'll come out better on the other side. Tell somebody I want to be better. Lord, help me in here. You see, Paul reminds us that we have to learn how to live with or without the creature comforts and the trappings of life. And some of us who've never had much anyway have learned how to be abased and abound. But when you lose, it still hurts. But here's what I like. Sometimes you got to learn that it is not your fatal economic outlook that we're called to see, but it's a faithful eschatological optimism, which is a fancy way of just saying, I ain't counting what I lost. I'm counting what God left me with. I'm counting the friends I still have. I'm counting the folk that are still there. I'm counting my life every day. I'm counting my health and my strength every day. I'm counting what God has given me. And instead of looking back, talking about what I lost, I want to tell God, thank you for leaving me 
with my life. You see, David's life and the potential of his future seems to be in disruption. It seems to be totally up in the air right now. He has received an eviction notice, if you will, from King Achish at the urging of the generals in chapter 29. And they said, put David out because he will not be able to fight with us. They said, send David back. And when David goes into chapter 30 looking for what he had left behind, it was no longer there. Tell somebody it ain't there no more. Some of the stuff that you look for in your stock portfolio, it ain't there no more. Lord, help me in here. Some of the stuff that you left, it won't be there when we get through this. But if you get through this, tell somebody that's enough right there. It's not what I'm losing. It's what God leaves me with. And if God leaves me with it, then it means he wants me to have it. But I need to help somebody in here. Whatever you have, it's attached to your future and not your past. Well, you see, I need to give you something. This is the first thing I need to drop in your spirit. Earthly disruptions cannot outlast eternal declarations. Uh, you need to get that. Earthly disruptions cannot outlast eternal declarations. Let me see if I can help somebody. Psalm 119, verse 89 through 92 helps me because an earthly declaration has already been made. And whenever God makes an earthly declaration, uh, it cannot be interrupted by uh, uh, something that happens in the earth. When God makes an eternal declaration and earthly disruption cannot take it away. Lord, help me in this place. Somebody is experiencing earthly disruption right now, but if God gave you an eternal declaration, then the eternal will outlast the earthly. What do you mean? Psalm 89, verse 8, uh, Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord. Somebody just shout forever. Even in your house, shout it forever, O Lord. Thy word is settled in heaven. I like that. I mean, I, I mean, that mean God wrote it. God said it and, and he put it down. That means when God finished uh, thinking about it and called it into existence, he said, nothing is going to change my mind when it comes to this. He said, I've already declared uh, that David is going to be king. Lord, help me in here. Now I need to help you. Some stuff going to get in the way. Uh, some things going to show up and try to interrupt your journey. But just because something shows up and tries to interrupt your journey, don't you let it interrupt your praise. I got to help. I got to help somebody because here's what David does. He says, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Here's what David did. He looked back and said, God, I'm not the first one to experience an earthly disruption. Uh, here's what he did. He said, I'm not the first one to go through something. Uh, I thought about that thing as I was sitting here the other day and I began to write. Uh, we've been through some things as a people in this land. We've been through some things uh, in a unified way in the United States of America. See, God has been good to us, and he kept us from losing our mind in some difficult situations. Ask your mama, ask your daddy, go back and visit with him for a moment. We've been through some things. I wish somebody was in here, I'd tell you, to high-five your neighbor, but since you can't touch nobody, just wave at them and say, look, at, we've been through some things. In other words, this is not the first time that something has come up in the life of David. Here again, an earthly disruption has shown up. David is trying to get back to the place where he's about to be king. He's about to be elevated and something shows up to disrupt his life. Well, Psalm 119, verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Uh -huh. That means he was good to them. He's good to us. But guess what? He's going to be good to our children. And then he's going to be good to our children's children. 
See, I, I, I would, somebody who got grandchildren like me ought to be shouting right now. See, he ain't going to just be good to my mama now. He wasn't just good to my mama's mama, but he good to me. And then he's going to be good to my children. And then the David said, I, I once was young, but now I'm old. But I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed beg bread. If somebody in here today got a little posterity, got a little heritage, got a little legacy, you ought to thank God that this earthly disruption will not outlast God's eternal declaration. Here's what he says. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations, and you have established it in the earth, and it abided. That means it's there, and it's going to be there. To abide is the, is the verb that suggests that not only is it happening now, but it will continue to happen. It is a progressive use of the word abide. It means that not only is God's grace and sufficiency uh, abiding with us, it has abided in the past on our behalf. It is with us right now, but it'll be here on tomorrow. I wish I had somebody here. See, when God's grace is sufficient and abiding and his faithfulness is uh, sufficient and abiding, you need to give God praise for that because that means the Lord just takes care of his own. Here it is. The text says they continue this day according to thine ordinances and for all of thy servants, unless, unless thy law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Here's what David does. He reminds himself that earthly disruptions cannot outlast eternal declarations. Well, how do you know? Here it is. David goes, and after all of this stuff that's going on, after all this stuff, somebody just shout, after all this stuff, even in your household, after all, you still need to sit down and talk to the Lord. Here's what David does. Point number two, you need to hold on to your desire to connect with God in worship. Uh, that's what David does. After all of this, after losing everything he lost, after checking his stock report, after coming back and seeing that his wife and children was gone, after opening up his financial portfolio, after realizing that his Dow and his Jones had departed one from another, after realizing that everything he had invested in was now gone, David sat down and said, let me have a talk with the Lord. I wish I had about 10 witnesses in here. Sometimes we talking to the wrong folk when we really need to be talking to God. You need to ask the Lord, how are we going to make it in this situation? You see, you got to hold on to your desire to connect with God in worship. Verse 7, look at what he says. He said, bring the ephod here to me. And, and I like the way they wrote it. He said, please uh, bring the ephod here to me. He said, please bring the Urim and the Thummim here to me. Please usher me into the presence of the Lord. Do I have anybody in here? Do I have any worshipers who say I can lose a lot of things? I can miss a lot of stuff. I might just be absent from some situation, but please make sure I get an opportunity to connect with the Lord because it's when I connect with God that things become clearer in my mind. As a matter of fact, the reason I haven't lost my mind is that I had time to connect with the Lord. Here's what he does. He says, hold on to your desire to connect with God and worship. You need to get that. Verse 7, look at what he says. He says to Abathar, he says to the priest, he said, look here, bring it to me. Now, 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 look, look, look. I like this because it looked like the priest would have been doing the worship leading. But if the priest won't pray, tell somebody I'll do it. 
If the priest won't preach, tell somebody I'll do it. If, if they won't do it, tell somebody I will do it. Do I have anybody in here that knows that you can go boldly into the throne room? Is there anybody in here today that knows that you can go because the veil has been rent in the temple and the Bible says that I can now come boldly on my own behalf and tell God what I need? Here David is, he's saying, look, let me go talk to the Lord. Uh, well, you're looking at all of the stuff that's happening in your interrupted economy. Don't lose your desire to connect with God in worship. Well, hold on to your desire to connect with God in worship. But I need to give you another one. Hold on to your courage and pursue your destiny. Uh, hold on to your courage to pursue your destiny. I like this because it's important. See, it's one thing to pray. But I, it's another thing in the way you phrase the question. Uh, uh, call the question, somebody says. See, sometimes when you're in great political circumstances and surroundings, you got to learn how to call the question. See, when you call the question, that means I'm through vacillating back and forth about what I'm going to do. I'm ready for the question to come up. And whatever the Lord tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Here's what, here's what David said. He said, shall I pursue this truth? Shall I overtake them? In other words, it never was a question about leaving and going back. It was always a question about pursuing and going forward and winning when you get to the battle. There's some it's all in the way you ask the question. It's not if I'm going to survive. It's God, what do you want me to do when I survive? It's not what I'm going to do in my business. It's when I get to the other side with my business. Tell somebody I'm looking for the way out because the way I go in is the way I go out. Look at what David says. He sits before the Lord. He's asked the question. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh, I need clear instructions right here. I like this because you got to hold on to your courage to pursue your destiny. Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? I like this because here David is. He's in a situation where he doesn't know what to do next. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Here's what he says. The Lord says to him, uh, pursue. Uh, get up. Uh, pack your bags. Uh, get your stuff. Uh, David, get in winning position. Uh, work out while you're in the house. Uh, David, when this is over, you're going to come out better than you went in. Uh, David, learn how to cook. David Etta, learn how to cook because there may be a Mr. David when you come out of this thing. Somebody going to catch it in a minute. Go ahead and learn how to paint so you can make your house look good because you might have a roommate on the other side of this. I'm just trying to help somebody in here. The way you go in is the way you come out with victory. Well, let me get ready to get out of this text, but I need to help you in here as far as I leave. Uh, not only do uh, earthly disruptions, they can't outlast eternal declarations. You got to hold on to your desire to connect with God and worship. You cannot lose your courage to pursue your destiny. But then, uh, check this out as you keep reading the text, verses 11 through 16. I didn't read it, but I want you to get it. Hold on to the ability to receive guidance from unlikely sources. Uh, somebody can tell you something that you don't know. Uh, somebody can help you get out of this thing. Lord, help me in here. 
Now, some of us, some of us, now I ain't talking about the members of First Baptist Church. I ain't talking about the people who logged in. I ain't talking about the folk in South Memphis over here, Collierville. I ain't talking about the people down in New Chicago. I'm not talking about the folk at Riverside. I ain't talking about the folk at Bloomfield. None of y'all. I ain't talking about my folk over at uh, at New Era Baptist Church. No, they didn't do it. But some folk too smart for their own good. Uh, In chapter 30, verse 11, after the Lord tells David to pursue, he does not tell him how he's going to get there. But David has the courage to get up and go anyhow. Somebody just shout anyhow. I know it's not what y'all wanted to say. David should have gone anyway. David had the nerve and the courage, the unmitigated gall to get up and go anyhow. In other words, he stayed faithful to the God who was faithful to him. After he called for the question, after he asked God what to do, after he said, what do you want me to do? The Lord said, get up and do it. You're going to recover all. David got up and began to pursue. But here, you got to understand something. There are some people that are with David. There are 600 men, 400 who wanted to go, 200 who couldn't go because they were tired. They were worn out. They were weary. Don't trip about the folk who don't want to go. Just take the folk who are willing to go and go on with them. And here David is. David says, look, we're going to go ahead and go. I'm sure somebody was asking in the audience, hey, man, hey, man, we are never going to find these folk. We are never going to be able to find them. But check verse 11. While they were on the way, somebody just shout while they were on the way. There was an Egyptian who had been left behind and wounded and left behind by the folk who had done all of the bad stuff to David. I'm trying to help somebody in here. Hold on to your ability to receive guidance from unlikely sources. Every now and then, somebody can come up with an answer better than yours and help you out of the situation and that's your end. Here they are. God left some context clues for how to get out of the situation that you're in. Is there anybody in here today that can praise God with me that God will leave some clues to help you get over your blues? God will leave clues to help you get over your blues. I like this. Here they are. They're on the way. And here's an Egyptian. Wounded, hungry, left in the wilderness to die. And David has sense enough to say, hey, bro, uh, who are you? The Egyptians say, hey, 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 I'm I'm, I'm wounded. I'm weary. I'm hungry. uh, But I'm still smart. He said, look, I'll show you where they went. I'll show you how to get out of this if you do me no harm. Here's what David said. I'm not going to hurt you. Now show me which way they went. In other words, when you are in a difficult situation, you got to learn how to listen to somebody else. Whatever you do, whatever you lose, don't lose your ability to receive guidance from unlikely sources. I can't stay there long. I can't stay there long, but I need to help somebody in here because some of us don't know how to listen to other folk, but when somebody else got the answer, just tell them thank you. Amen. You ain't got to, you ain't got to promote them. You ain't got to give them no stars, but just tell them thank you because you helped me out of what I was in. And if you got a clue to help somebody get through it, lean on somebody and and lend them some strength to be able to help you. I'm gone. I'm moving out of your way. But there's one more thing I need to give you. If you keep reading it, I want you to read it throughout the week. Here are the things that I, I don't want you to lose. I don't want you to lose your ability uh, to understand that earthly disruptions cannot outlast eternal declarations. I don't want you to lose your ability to understand you can connect with God in worship. 
You got to hold on to that. Tell somebody you got to hold on to that. You, you got to hold on to your courage to pursue your destiny. If God ever declared it, then it's still intact. Amen. If God ever said it, it's eternal. It's already there. It's there waiting on you. Uh, finally, you got to hold on to your ability to receive guidance from unlikely sources. But here's what I need to leave you with. Whatever you lose, don't lose hope. Don't lose joy. Don't lose faith. And please, whatever you do, don't lose your praise. I know it sounds contrite. I know it sounds real elementary. I know you were looking for something more theologically uh, baffling and powerful so you could do your head like this and say, ooh, I felt that through the airway. But every now and then, you just need to make it real simple. Amen. You need to just say, whatever you do, don't lose hope, don't lose joy, don't lose faith, and don't lose your praise. You can run out of peanut butter and jelly, but don't lose your hope, your joy, your faith, and your praise. Verse 18 says it this way, and David recovered everything that he had lost and he came back with more because two days later God was sending him into his destiny I want to leave you this as the praise team begins to join me here I want you to understand something that in this time of epidemic upheaval where the land is healing and the inhabitants are somewhat disrupted in the way we live Guess what? We're going to lose some stuff. You're going to lose some stuff. Some of us have already lost some stuff. I don't want to focus on your losses as much as I want to focus on what you need to hold on to that matters. It's what you haven't lost that matters the most. You haven't lost your mind? Come on in here. You haven't lost your loved ones around you. Thank God for that. You haven't lost your spirit, your willpower to win. You haven't lost your hope. You haven't lost your joy. You haven't lost your faith. You haven't lost your creative and innovative thought process of how to survive in difficult and tumultuous times. And most of all, you haven't lost your praise. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that in households everywhere, we're discovering how to keep our hope alive, how to keep our joy alive, how to resurrect our faith, and how to give you continual praise. Father, just like on last week, there were six people who gave their life to the Lord. I pray right now, dear God, for six times, 60 more, that they will email or call this church, some church somewhere, and draw closer to you. Info at Christ Ed at FBC Broad, 901-323-2429. God, have them to unite somewhere where their soul can be nurtured, where in this time of uncertainty, they can have a certain hope, joy, faith, and love that comes from you. And then we shall give you the praise. In Jesus' name, all of those who love the Lord said amen. God bless you. I'll see you on Tuesday. I'll see you again next Sunday at 10 a.m.